Welcome to This Life, the Chronicles of Autism Mums, hosted by me, Alison Saraf. Each week, I'm joined by amazing women who happen to have autistic kids. Hasna, Moira, Susanna, Reen, Maha, Karina, Huma and Rana, Alteki. Each week, we talk about navigating the ups and downs of parenting kids with autism and how that affected us and our lives as women, mothers and professionals. Strap in, grab some tissues, sometimes you'll cry from empathy and other times from laughter. Join us on our journey of this life. Hi everybody and welcome to This Life podcast and this week I am joined by amazing women. Welcome to Susanna and Reen. Hi Alison. Hi And Maha. Hello. How are you ladies? Good. Wonderful. Okay, great. You've got your cup of tea. Everybody's fine. We've all had a lovely piece of cheesecake which was yummy. <laughs> <laughs> and we are ready to go. So uh, this week, um, thank you for joining us listeners, we are going to be talking about um, shadow teachers. And um, I think somewhere in the world, they are called learning support assistants. So there's lots of names for them. Uh, but basically, uh, we're going to be talking about our experiences with shadow teachers um, for our children. Um, whether or not they are necessary, whether or not we've had good experience w- with um, that form of teaching, and what advice we can give to other parents about um, our experiences, good and bad, with uh, shadow teachers. So, Reem, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I'll start with you. And okay. you've had a lot of experience with shadow teachers mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you explain to us um, why uh, you felt it was kind of necessary to have a shadow teacher for your son? Mm-hmm. And um, what are what were the main kind of benefits of having one um, to begin with? So Mikal has had a shadow teacher for the last uh, ten years, and recently transitioned to be by himself last year. Wow, so yeah, amazing! Amazing! It's been um, it's looking good so mm-hmm. far. So we'll see how it goes. Um, well, it, initially it wasn't up to us. You know, the school basically told us like. If he goes to school, he needs a shadow teacher. So that's what we did. And uh, But looking back, because at that time he was non-verbal, I think it was a good move to have a shadow teacher mm. at that time. Mm. And um, I think it was very important because uh, for someone who's non-verbal, you need a person to advocate for mm. him. So for me, the shadow teacher was... You know, not just there to support him, but to advocate him to basically uh, his voice. His voice, yeah. yeah. To protect him, to be our eyes and ears mm-hmm. um, in case, you know, he's being mistreated in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it does happen. And the thing is, um, it, but it's not easy picking a shadow teacher. You actually need to find someone that... Um, most likely have have experience, but you know most often they don't. But you know who's willing to be trained, mm-hmm. who's who actually cares and you know is, has empathy uh, and has that connection with your child. Mm. So you know by doing so, she'll be equipped to you know be in her role. So like for example. Uh, because she's trained 
and she has some basic knowledge and because she knows him she you know over over time and she because of what experience she has she's able to uh, voice out things able to you know protect him from things that's going on in school basically you know he's not scared to tell the teacher that this is right and this is wrong right and coming back to us saying that this happened in school like he's at the playground you know and one assistant teacher came up to him and said uh, one assistant teacher came up to her saying that you know you need to stop me kyle and she's nope that's i won't stop him because that's how a neurotypical child behaves at his age. Mm. It's not because he's yep. autistic, but yep. if it was mm -hmm. another normal child, you mm -hmm. wouldn't have yep. asked me to stop. So she, so. like, so in your eyes, when they're certainly when these children are younger, and certainly when they're nonverbal, right. to be advocating for them on their behalf, because right. what you're saying is that sometimes the stigma that attached to the diagnosis of the child sometimes precedes the behaviour. So you can have. Yep. Um, them yeah. doing exactly the same yeah. as the young, like the child the same yeah. age, but yeah. being treated differently for True. that. And over the years, it's, you change the goal for the shadow teacher. Right. It's not the same right. thing, you yeah. know. But it's but we're not taking away the responsibility of the teacher. And that boundary you need to set in the very beginning. Mm. You need to tell the school, okay, I'll have a shadow, but this is what the shadow mm. is going to do. Mm. This is what she is going to support him with. Mm -hmm. But she's not. You, I'm not there to teach him. You know, I'm not there to teach him math or science, but I'm there to support to you. shadow to shadow. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's um, quite an interesting point, isn't it? Um, that a lot of these individuals, and it's actually quite interesting to to know that I don't think that there is actually a qualification as such for a shadow teacher mm, or um, a, a learning support assistant. Um, so I think you're either in education or you happen to be you know, apply for a job and then have a small amount of training, which I think, do you think that there should be a qualification for a learning support assistant and a shadow teacher, Susanna? I definitely think there should should be some kind of training. I know as much knowledge as they learn, mm -hmm. it, it will only take them so far. Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely an aspect of getting to know the, the child and learning their strengths and weaknesses. And learning how to help them enhance their skills so knowing when it is necessary to step in mm -hmm. and when it's okay to let them struggle a bit and take a step back and have them figure that out because it's such a fine line right. and with my experience i found that um it's almost like teachers in general and maybe sometimes shadow teachers don't feel comfortable to push the child to make them feel uncomfortable and they try to comfort them as much as possible right. which is great sometimes and sometimes that is necessary and what you need in certain cases but when it comes to growing you know being in your comfort mm -hmm. zone is not gonna do it mm -hmm. and just like knowing the child the person the individual well enough to be able to know when to push and when not to mm -hmm. is like the key mm -hmm. I think right and I think that's really interesting point because uh, when we I think as Reen just said when we talk about shadow teachers and we you know when we have a child of like maybe maybe for example four or five but then we have a child of uh, in their teenage years that is still having a shadow teacher mm -hmm. involved in some sort of their education exactly what you said the needs are very very different um, so whilst when they're younger we're trying to 
almost kind of cocoon them and advocate for them, but as they become older, their needs change, and we want to start promoting independence. Mm -hmm. So what is your experience of shadow teachers and promoting independence? Okay. Uh -huh. So, so yes, so um, <laughs> when it came to my son, um, yeah, he definitely wanted to play... Um, uh, play the victim a bit he didn't like he wasn't one of those children that you know wanted to do things himself he was more than happy for anyone to tie his shoelace or carry his bag so although the centre department at the time was saying no LSA and no support worker the teacher didn't feel comfortable um, because she wasn't trained um, as well as maybe she could have been and she was quite upfront about it so I, it becomes really difficult so it really comes down to whether if the teacher is comfortable having the child in the classroom without a support worker, then, I mean, I would definitely say do do that. But if the teacher's not feeling it from the start, it's, I, I think if you don't have a shadow teacher, it can really put them back because the teacher sort of turns around and says, well, I can only do what I can do. And if it means that I have to leave him in the book, you know, in the book corner to read a book because he can't you know, uh, interact with these classmates, then that's what she or he will do. So, um, but it's not—it's not the role of a shadow teacher or a learning support assistant to educate a child. Absolutely. So, I mean, ultimately, what we're saying in some cases is the, the fundamental problem is is the fact that teachers aren't trained. That's right. Enough to yep. be able to handle. Um, and I don't want to keep using the word higher functioning because it's not no. the right phrase. Yes. Um, and it certainly doesn't um, describe, you know, Zane, and it doesn't yes. describe all of our, you know, children. Yes. Um, but in those circumstances, when we have shadow teachers, then it's like, well, you, you, it's almost like the child is palmed off on the shadow teacher. Yes. Yes. Um, and given a pile of work and say, right, okay, well, let's work through this. Yes together so the child becomes very reliant on the shadow teacher yeah. and I think almost in my experience as well ends up not going to the teacher and asking questions to the teacher um, and not being allocated work by the teacher but you know everything gets filtered through the shadow teacher yes um, which in my experience has actually been quite an issue because now we're actually at a point where we don't have a shadow teacher because he's Noah is actually in a, a SEN department within the school. And um, we're actually trying to kind of go backwards, come forwards, because he's so used to having a shadow teacher around, it's actually difficult for him to work independently now. So it, it's actually done him as much damage as it has good so I think we just go back to the point of the fact that a lot of, a majority of, um, you know, shadow teachers or learning support assistants do not have the qualifications to be able to understand enough about the child's condition. And that might be somebody, you know, and they, they can be all different, but they should be able to identify when they need help, when they need to promote independence, mm -hmm. um, but also you know, to be very clear about the fact that they are not there as a child's babysitter as such. Maybe they would be in a playground at the age of four, yeah. mm -hmm. but certainly not in the classroom. And it doesn't promote, and it is kind of, I feel, 
the actual reverse of having an inclusive classroom. If you've got an inclusive classroom and an inclusive environment, but you've got a shadow teacher that's actually working one-on-one -on -one with a child, that is not an inclusive mm. environment. Right. So how, you know, what, how has the situation changed? Has it improved for you now? Yes, it has, because I've moved him to a school where they do have a support worker, but they work with a group of children. So it's not just one-on-one, -on -one. it's just seen like a teacher's aide in the classroom. And whether the child has a diagnosis or not, um, they just help the group of kids that need the help during that class. So say, for example, if my son doesn't need help in music, the shadow teacher won't be around or might be helping another group of children. So that's worked better because it doesn't single him out as someone that needs support on his own. It makes him feel like this is just another teacher in the classroom and they're just helping anyone with, with any sort of you know, it's just like a second teacher. They don't really see her any differently. So I think that he's now 12. So I think that definitely is better for him now because mm. he would be more than happy to have a shadow teacher for the rest of his life. Like he will just <laughs> a personal assistant. He definitely sees the bonus in um, yeah having that, and he and that is not good either. Mm. So. Mm. You sort of got to weigh it up and work out when the best yeah, time to... Yeah, I think that's true. What about your experience, Susanna, of shadows? Because you don't have a shadow now either. So um, I think we had, generally speaking, a good experience overall. We don't have a shadow teacher anymore. Um, but it, to get into school, that was actually like a condition for us. Again, uh, it's because the school was opening new and they didn't have like their policies in place. They didn't have that whole department properly set up. They did have a um, SEND person coming in, but it just, you know, just wasn't set up yet. So um, I was told that he didn't need one. So if they had the proper setup from the get-go, we probably would have never needed one. But again, it goes to like the teacher you end up being with. Mm. So it's pot luck, really. Yes. It's that's really that. luck. It is. It it's really, really just luck. does depend. And I think very often that's not a consideration when teachers are interviewed do you have certain experience? And that absolutely should be, you know, and it's not the teacher's fault a lot of the time because if it's not, you know, within their course. If it's not course, part of the, yeah, exactly. exactly. Then they wouldn't, or, or they, maybe it has been part of the course, but they've not been in a situation before where they've had send children in the classroom, which is actually quite difficult to believe because there's, no, you know, yeah. so many yeah. children that, you know, uh, need to help. To be fair, our, you know, moving forward with the, um, with being just in school, our SEN, uh, the head of SEN department was always kind of taking him into consideration when they were choosing which class he was going to be in the following year. And at one point we did change classes because she really felt very strongly that he was um, kind of being put with the wrong teacher mm. kind of thing. Mm. So that was kind of like nice to have that going yeah. on. But as we always mention, at one point somebody leaves, something changes, and then yeah. it kind of like, you know, all goes to mm. shit. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was I not supposed okay. to goes, say that? Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. but um, uh, so luckily, uh, the shadow. I, I had two different shadow teachers, and again, it's. A, I would say I was lucky, although I had to pay more. The school was always in charge of hiring, so they were actual like proper, you know, teachers um, who probably had some kind of experience mm -hmm. with working with kids mm -hmm. on, you know, with some kind yeah. of special needs. Yeah. Um, so I kind of feel very blessed. We're still in touch and they've been awesome. But again, you know, Victor um, started school, I think, in reception. He was like, what, four years old? 
honestly, I kind of feel he needed somebody at yeah. that time. Yeah. Because As Wayne said, you know, when they're that small, yeah, they need he'd somebody like, to would just, you know, yeah. pick up himself and just walk out of the classroom. And mm. I mean, I can't imagine how that would be very disruptive, even if there was an assistant teacher and a teacher in there, like for them to leave mm. another, I don't know, 19 kids or whatever mm. in class mm. and someone having to run after him, that would have been, you know, um, difficult but I think that was like one of the things that was worked out quite quickly you just needed that consistency so I think starting out it was really good to have somebody there especially because the setup wasn't there right um, but and and eventually the school decided their policy was they would only accept kids who had uh, shadows if it was something that would eventually decrease mm. and to where they can work independently. And, and I think that's the hope, isn't it? That's that's the plan with the a shadow teacher sure. is the fact that, you know, we hope eventually that, you know, it would promote independence enough so that we can eventually phase the shadow teacher yeah. out. I just wonder um, whether or not, you know, the model, obviously the model is not suitable for all children, mm. but I wonder whether or not the obviously we know that the standard in general curriculums are not as are quite antiquated as they are because they don't uh they don't adapt to our children the mm -hmm. curriculum has to be adapted and you know changed for them um so i i just think it's quite i think it's quite interesting that if you had if we did a you know a kind of a test of two kids when they, you know, if they were probably both at the same level, but they were out of that kind of danger zone, if you like, mm -hmm. you know, where it's um, dangerous almost to a point where you don't have any additional help for them. Mm -hmm. When they are three, four, five, and whatever, and they are eloping and they're leaving the classroom and everything else. But if they're actually at a point where they can, you know, they develop and they can communicate their needs, um, but we keep them with a shadow teacher because that's what the school is suggesting mm -hmm. rather than go down a kind of send school route that whether or not if we left them without a shadow teacher mm -hmm. but perhaps not in the playground but you know and just maybe had a teaching assistant in that classroom mm -hmm. i wonder whether or not it would promote a lot more independence a lot faster or whether or not it would you know really kind of hold them back the class back and frustrate the teacher i think it's a really kind of very interesting mm -hmm. and i suppose to a point it depends on the child and it and this is where the inconsistency is it's the inconsistency of the teacher yes and also the teaching assistant or the shadow teacher that's in that class um and also the curriculum there's so many components to that i just wonder whether or not our children I will stand more of a chance in a mainstream classroom. If I don't they think there will ever be like a straight up answer for I that know, question. Yeah. I think I it's think such right. a case by case thing. Mm. Uh, you might have a child who's ready to be independent, but is in, in the wrong setting or with the wrong teacher mm. or mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm. Uh, and you could be with a child that needs that little bit of a push, right. uh, but maybe um, 
being supposedly independent with the assistant and teacher where she has another however many kids in the classroom she might not be able to give him as much attention when he actually really needs it mm. or to notice those little things those, about those him yeah that, that need extra help. yeah that the might fall be between the, the cracks thing. exactly right. yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. i really think it will always be a case-by-case -case thing and it right. will never be you know um, a straight answer mm -hmm. and again we were just kind of mentioning how things change in schools all the time you have one school that has a great send department great teachers great setup but at one point management changes or somebody leaves or something happens mm -hmm. and that doesn't work mm -hmm. anymore so um, I kind of think it's just you and your luck really yeah that's quite worrying isn't it it is um, top tips ladies top tips for um, a productive relationship between your child, your teacher, and your shadow or learning assistant? What are those, you know, what can you, having all had experience of shadow teachers, and all very, very different experiences actually, positive to negative and independent to, you know, going in the opposite direction. I would definitely, definitely um, make sure that the shadow teacher's the right fit, at least close enough or on the right track because I've had experiences where the shadow teacher was trying to hold my son's hand so he can write his name and he he did that two years prior. So, he loved it. Yeah, <laughs> so he was enjoying it. So that's the problem is that sometimes a shadow teacher can actually pull your child back and it's better not to have anyone in there. So I think just keeping on top of who that shadow teacher is and just communicating with your child's classroom teacher is so important. Like you've got to have daily almost, if not weekly, um, uh, updates on what's happening with your child um, because otherwise it can actually cause more harm than good so you can't just assume that because they're in there that they're okay definitely not in my case there was a situation where it actually went backwards so yeah so just keeping an eye on who is with your child and that they're the right fit otherwise just go without and if you have to do extra work after school then that, that's what I did is I'd say look don't worry if you don't get all your work done as long as you just you know play enjoy your day and then we'll do your schoolwork at home so um just trying to make it yeah fit that way Susanna um I would say you know your child best you know what they're good at and you know when they're manipulative <laughs> and you know what they're not very good at so um I feel like you should always be like in a very good communicative situation with your shadow and classroom teacher just so you're always in the loop and kind of knowing all these little things i think initially in our early years that's really what helped me a lot to pick up a lot of like i was really really involved i was always coming into school i was always having meetings and it was really just because of how involved i was with the shadow sending me photos and giving me details about his day whether it's socially or academically or with the teachers or whatsoever so that really helped me help them really right. um, but at one point again as he's growing and as she's you know spending less and less time with him and then we had the whole setup mm -hmm. like you mentioned where she's working with him and maybe another child or she goes and works with, a, with other kids in school it just kind of got to a point where we're having less and less information. And at one point, I also felt they wanted me to kind of step back a little bit, mm -hmm. which is fine. And I understand why I would need to do that for him to gain more independence. But um, it was a relief somehow as well at the same time, honestly, because it was always like 
intense. It was, yeah, it was very intense mm. and like very. And that's not how a school day should go for a child. It's, you know, it should yeah. be that, you know, you need to know the ins and outs yes. of everything and it, I, in a neurotypical yeah, situation. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I, I mean, it's not that I want to know everything, although yeah, I do, but, feel, but I just felt yeah. like there's a lot of things that I help them challenge him in and help, you know, him overcome certain struggles uh, that might have been missed. Right. Um, but yeah, so we don't have a shadow teacher for quite a while now. And it's good in the sense that, and even at home, I kind of always try to push him to do his own thing. But um, I, I see what you were saying earlier about like it might have uh, caused some damage as well, because I think he struggles a little bit with like self-confidence and like wanting that like approval or something. So I think that's like a thing that we probably need to recover mm -hmm. from. Um, but yeah, just, you know your child best. So do what you think is right. Stay with the flow. Yeah. Reen? Um, I think every unique one needs to be in sync. Uh, you need to, your shadow teacher, your school teacher, the support teacher in school, need to be in sync with the program. They have to get on board with the program because like Susanna said, you know your child and you know what the goals are. So every year you have goals for him and what he needs to achieve in school with the shadow, whether it's being independent or being, um, what do you call that, uh, academically independent or emotionally independent or this year it's about you know making friends or this year is about um, doing work on his own or being more focused so everybody needs to be on board with it and because if you don't it's it's pointless to have uh, a shadow because mm -hmm. that's the whole purpose is to make sure that the child achieve a certain milestone and then move on to the next that's the the the, the whole point why you need a, sh a shadow teacher so so if everybody's in sync, everybody's working towards the goal, then it'd be it'd be fine for the child. So if this I year think they would also like accomplish goals more, mm. like kind of faster mm. because right. everyone's yep. on the same page. And yeah, I was just saying that I think every <laughs> sorry to interrupt like, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just very interesting because I was just saying when everyone's on the same page, it feels almost as they can accomplish their goals in a faster way. So my top tips are or my top tip is um, I think when you are whether or not you have to choose your shadow teacher yourself or whether or not you get allocated a, a teacher. Um, I think all of these ladies made really, really good points. Make friends with the, the shadow teacher. Um, try and get to know them. Try and get them to know your child. Um, and, you know, I think get on their level, really, and really explain why you... So that they understand you, how committed you are to seeing your child succeed. You know, it's not like... You know, you need to let them understand that this is not a babysitting role even if they don't think it is you know you need to really talk it through with them and make sure that they understand how important and pivotal their role is to your child's success for that year ahead um, and as Reen said you know setting goals communication is so key especially with little ones um, being proactive they have to be proactive. yeah exactly yeah. and proactive and reporting and, and telling you what's happened the day because you know 
with other children you could say well what happened in your day-to-day and you know with a lot of these children they're nonverbal, and Noah was for a long time and he couldn't tell me what had happened in his day but he might have had some amazing wins or some stuff might have happened that really you know we would need to address but unless we had that communication um, and that understanding with a shadow teacher then it um, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been you know a particularly successful time so um, I think get to know them get to know how they work really help them to understand what your expectation is um, not necessarily on a level of education but your goals because they can do a lot more than they can really shape and mold your child and really help to set the level of standard and expectation that you have for you know other therapy you know we had an occupational therapist and a speech therapist at the time and there were certain goals that we really needed to be met every single week but you know when a child's at school for eight hours a day the majority Mm -hmm. of that is going to happen in school time so you know it's that 360 approach again and they are absolutely vital to that so it's getting them on board and really kind of sharing as much information as possible and i think just another point that i'd like to make is that sometimes your shadow teacher for whatever reason that you've employed yourself or has been allocated to you is not the right fit for your child Mm -hmm. and that's okay because they might feel it you might feel it um, and for whatever reason that might be, it's okay to just sometimes call it a day and not just keep going at it. You know, if you can identify early that that's not the, you know, that they're, they're not suited, um, it doesn't have to be a, a battle and it doesn't need to be a, well, I don't like you and I don't like you and I don't like your child. It's mm-hmm. just not a good fit and that's okay because all of this time that you use and lose by just trying to you know get by if something's really not working is not useful and helpful no, for your child that's right. ladies so a quick fire round no buzzers no buzzers okay <laughs> but i'll take the mic okay. um <laughs> susanna to shadow or not to shadow that is the question yeah that is the question it is. i would say yes if needed well Depending on the situation, yeah, you just have to assess, mm-hmm. and you know your child, you know his capabilities, and you know uh, what you need. So you have to decide that. Mm-hmm. I would say the right shadow, absolutely, because they can really help push things along. The wrong shadow, run for your life. My advice would be yes, shadow in a mainstream situation, but as Susanna said, reassess, reassess, reassess. As Maha said, all of you ladies made very, very good points. And if you feel like changing, change it up, switch it up and get somebody that, you know, really suits your child. Thanks for joining this live podcast brought to you by Learn Autism, the world's leading digital autism resource. To learn more about autism, check out their website at www.learnautism.com. You can find and download this live podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the link below. If you like our podcast, please be sure to follow, like, subscribe and share with your friends. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us.